Anyway, that's why they call me the clown that stole our sunshine. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Podquisition, episode 152. I don't normally do the numbers, but Laura made special care to check this week so that she could have her file saved that way, and then it just stuck in my head, the number. Yeah, I... I asked Jim what episode number it was. He he was convinced it was 153. He was like, yeah, Almost I'm certain. certain. Yeah. And I was like, nah, I'm going to check. Oh, Jim was wrong. I was wrong. Ooh. I fucked it. I fucked. I tell you what, I fucked it and I'm sorry. And I have hey, had hey, to hey, say hey, that Jim, about Jim, a lot of objects in my Jim, house. I was going to say, never be sorry for fucking something. <laughs> I'm just still. I'm Unless just, it's a pumice stone, which is my stone of the week, by the way. Pumice. Sorry, Gav. You, no, it's just this image of you as a clown who steals sunshine has, has got stuck in my mind now. It delighted like, me, yeah. Like Pennywise, and you're singing that song, you're like, Come down, take my balloon, I will steal your sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> can, can I just say, I now, I now just want like Gavin to make up songs based on horror films that aren't really songs from the horror films like i i just want like vague inaccurate summaries of just, horror films but if they can all be based hiding, on like 90s one hit wonders just hiding in the drain outside gearbox being like hi randy don't you want a balloon <laughs> <laughs> oh they float and when you're down here you'll float so down here, every lie floats. <laughs> uh, oh, how how have you all been this week? Uh, uh, I, I've been good. I've been good. Gav, you've been good? Well, I mean, as good as someone who was gone in the tail end of Hurricane Ophelia could be, yeah. <laughs> oh, right, oh. yeah. Shit, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Oh fuck! I've I've just remembered something that I didn't put on the topic list, and I'm really curious to hear your perspective on Gav, con- considering that you are in the place that was actually properly hit by the storm. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about the fact that the the Ubisoft UK Twitter account tried to sell copies of Assassin's Creed by saying the weather was worse in Egypt? Oh my um, god! I what? was like, you know, we were too busy like waiting for our power to come back on and sweeping yeah. up leaves and looking at trees and roofs blowing around to really worry about that kind of stuff <laughs> like yeah. there were there were roofs blowing off schools down the road from us so that yeah, was it, that it, was not something i concerned myself with from the outside it did seem like a real like poor marketing move to do it's like oh a couple of people have already died in this storm and yeah I mean, Probably I just not a good time to sell your Assassin's Creed game. I get that Gav, you know, doesn't want to concern himself with that. So I am just going to scribble that down for an Ubisoft segment. Um, but Gavin, I am seriously glad that you, you know, you're okay and shit. Like you're here alive and everything. Yeah, we didn't. Um, we didn't really get any damage. Like that's we a, are okay. thankfully in a concrete, solid building, and lots of like our garden was pretty destroyed <laughs> yeah but yeah. uh the w- the the freakiest part was when the power just dropped and we went out on the street and the whole area was black oh that's like As 28 in, days that later was really creepy like no lights in the houses and no lights in the streets it's been a while like since i've been in a power out and i forgot how creepy they are mississippi is like like lousy with power cuts and we also yeah. uh, very similar to you uh, Mississippi will get hurricanes. There was a pretty bad one a while back where I, yeah. I believe there was a, a s- several deaths. Um, but usually it's sort of tail end stuff. Like we've been having the similar stuff to you, like the the, the backdraft of some mm. of the hurricanes that have been hitting. So obviously very fortunate here, um, yeah. but still just just terrifying nonetheless. Uh, just all of the weather that's trying to kill us all, you know? Yeah. Um, very scary stuff. Very scary sc- stuff indeed. Yeah. Um, from, from from England, we had a weird, like, side view of it where we didn't get any of the actual, like, storm stuff. We had a bit of wind, but because there was a bunch of sand from the you, Sahara that got pulled over... You, you had the we pale just had, like, moon. Yeah, we had the sky turned red, uh, like the sun turned red and the sky turned like yellow and everything went very dark. 
And for a few hours, it did feel like we were living in, like, oh, this is the mirror world in the RPG. Like, I've accidentally yes, gone yes. to Zelda's Dark World or something. Like, I was thinking, right. like, like, some Bloodborne shit. Like, yeah. you're expecting yeah. to look Who up and Ron? see one of those. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was, like, two in the afternoon, and it was like, wait, why is it really dark all of a sudden? Oh, the sky's yellow. That's fucking weird. Yeah, well, it was shit. funny. My my tweet on the topic word for word was England. Wow, the sky is red. Ireland. Wow, the sky is roofs. <laughs> uh, the world is a fun place to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. our worst every, storm every in like fifty years. I think we don't usually get stuff like that. No. Yeah. Well, well I mean, I, that's I, the point. Lately, is we a lot of places don't usually get weather like that, and. And they are. I personally, I think God's angry about aliens, colonial marines. You know this whole God, um, God's wrath thing. I know Jennifer Lawrence said something about yeah, Mother Earth's wrath and all that. I don't buy. I don't like when people say that because it always seems to be really poor areas that get hit. <laughs> and yeah, it's like, yeah. I don't like this idea people have that like Mother Nature's angry and this is her lashing out. Well, then lash out at fucking exxon mobile then you know <laughs> oh burn exxon yeah. mobile plus, Gab's coming for you <laughs> plus if it is god's wrath which like you that you know that's why i um choose to mock it when i can um another issue with another conflict with that is why are there so many fucking hurricanes in the deeply biblical south like like clearly they're fucking up uh if, if it is like god's pissed off with the Ministry. Well, the the uh, the natural answer to that would be it's not that God, it's someone else's that's punishing. Well, that but, would be an economical oh, matter. Wouldn't wouldn't that indeed that be, would an be an ecumenical matter. matter? That would be an ecumenical, an ecumenical matter. matter. Shall we talk about some video games? Yeah, I was just yeah. hoping that the I was just I, I had to say the phrase. Because I can't do the accent, so I was just praying that Gav would do a Father Jack impression. <laughs> and so I've got my wish, and I'm the happiest uh, boy. I but- love my brick! <laughs> <laughs> do we want to start with news or things we've been um, playing this week? God, I'll tell you what, I'll flip a coin. I've got a... Um, sorry, if Gav's got a preference. Well, I was just going to say the news is probably going to go on for ages, so we should start with what we were playing because we that probably a have a lot call. to say about the news. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, okay. yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So the, the probably the easiest thing to like crack off the the list first is both of you have been playing a bit more Shadow of War this week. Have no. either of you? Do either of you feel different about it since last time? Um, I'm yes. I'm I'm more tired now than I was when I started. I'm at the point where, and I'm not even that far in the main story bit of it. Like I just tried with all the, the fortress stuff and base building and lost a lot of orcs that I were grooming for success. I'm The one that I loved the most betrayed me and I could never get him back. It seems that the legendaries that I run across are the most prone to death. Like they loved it. One of them, I started an online fortress takeover and I'll tell you what, it was the last one I've ever tried and I don't think I'll do it again because the orcs Jim, died now- immediately before they even got near the fucking fort. But Jim, now you know how great it is to have a legendary one. Why not replace it by purchasing some loot boxes? That's it. Never has it seemed like a bigger waste of money. Like every legendary I've got's died in my arms tonight. Like it's it's a waste. Um, but yeah, it's gotten very grindy and it's gotten very. Boy, this would go along quicker if I would just I mean, pick up some of those loot chests. And I hate when that tick is buried in I, my addictive little head. I've heard it gets grindy after the story. I haven't even finished the story and I feel like now it's become really... Right. I'm only, you know, you get to the first area where you can dominate and do the fortress. I'm in the mm-hmm. second one, the kind of icy, it's- the mm. icy one. And I'm already feeling like the game's becoming a bit of a grind. A very, yeah. very fun grind. Uh, grind mind you <laughs> you know here's here's the thing for me i guess with it is had this game come out like not during the big winter rush where there's a game every week and i could have just like spread this out over maybe three weeks or so i'd have probably found it less grindy i think the problem is is because when i sit down to play it i want to just sit and push through and mm. it's really like 
making me realize, oh yeah, I am doing a lot of just doing the same thing over and mm. over until I'm good enough to do, go do the story thing I want to do. Do either of you, I don't know, because I, I, I found the first game towards the end mentally exhausting and there were a lot of reasons for that and this one takes that so like even further and like usually in open world games there's downtime there's other things to do despite like brutal murder and killing yeah, but this one is just all going, that forging all the ahead time. with the yeah and and because of the sheer number of stuff that like you'll be fighting a couple of orcs and then suddenly there's 30 of them on your screen and there's grouts and fucking big dudes and you can't see what's going on you're you're trying to counter and missing them because you can't see that someone's attacking you and Some i just of those i find wild, after yeah. like i can only play it for like an hour or two at a time because i get completely mentally burnt out <laughs> well yeah it's it's about that i've talked about this before with certain things um because tone is is something i'm fascinated by in in entertainment and mm. it's like if you keep the volume at 11 the whole yeah. album it's gonna lose its effect like it's not gonna feel loud anymore before yeah, it's this, even halfway through, and and it does just keep that same. This tone. game is it's the death magnetic of games. It's like it's up at eleven all the fucking time. You get no respite. There's no dynamics at yeah. all. It's just constant, constant murder and brutal, which is fine. Doom was like that too, but Doom had kind of short focused. Levels. It had a pace to it, like a, a real yeah. sort of. It, it it pushed you along at a good clip, whereas this is the sort of you're doing it in a methodical way, mm. and it's the same thing every time. And and I feel the same way about the loot. Like I'm exhausted by the loot. I'm exhausted by the orcs. Mm. Everything feels so much more meaningless now. And I am gonna say I fully believe that that is down to the the economy. They claim mm. they never tested the economy with it, but. This feels different to Shadow of Mordor, where I felt like I could have a lot more investment in my orcs, whether they're the nemeses or, or the, my followers. Like, mm. I, I felt a lot more connected to them than I do in this. They are so much more disposable now, which is hammered home by the fact that, you know, if I get a war chest with the, the free economy or I get a vendetta box, half the orcs I literally do dispose to get gear off them because they're just boring. And then the gear, I normally dispose of that to get more of the free currency because that's boring. Uh, it's it's too much meaningless guff now. And, and I, I just don't feel the same connection I had. Mm. And it's hard to even get a connection to like an orc that looks good but it's like that one looks cool and i like his voice and i like his demeanor and all of this stuff but the game is so willing to remind you how disposable everything is now by very easily killing them off to the point where if you want to keep an orc you just don't do anything with him if you really like someone don't put him in a fight pit because his AI might be so bad he will die to someone 10 levels higher than him. Just, uh, just sorry, lower the, than him. Just go on Karagor hunts with them. <laughs> yeah. Just... Uh, but even then, like, you get ambushed. I got ambushed by that poisoner guy today you were talking about. All right. And holy fuck, he was like 10 levels above me and my arc. So that just did not go well and that pissed yeah. me off. <laughs> like, I, I really, I've noticed I can survive a one-on-one -on -one fight with an orc that is like 10 levels above. Yeah. But it's the swarm. Usually it's yeah. if, if it's uh, like one of my followers, they will just get mullered. Yeah. Um, and, and like I said, I, I, I put a pit fight going against like a level 30 orc of mine against like a level 20 orc of theirs. And because my orc did nothing, and you can't intervene in the pit fight. Mm. He just stood there <laughs> and let the other guy beat him to death. And and again, it, at that point, it's like, well, I don't want to train my favourite orcs in there if I've even got any left. Um, RNG, RNG is not fun when you can permanently lose something. Yeah, well, not all the time. Um, there's some, sometimes it can be, but especially in this case where everything is just so 
as I say, disposable and, and the orcs I've started to like, I've seen the same names crop up so many times now and the same yeah. faces and the same designs. And yeah. I did not see it that blatantly. And in, in again, shadow of Mordor, mm-hmm. um, the orcs felt a lot more varied there, even though there were a lot of still of the same voices and stuff. I, um, I think, I think part of the issue there is that by trying to drastically increase the scope of what aspects of the game use the orcs and how many orcs are being used at once. I think it just sort of highlights by having that many more named characters that you are supposed to be interacting with and using actively, it makes you burn through them faster. Yeah. And you start noticing the recycling faster than you would if they were just, oh, I stumbled across my nemesis again. Yeah. I think just... Well, I mean, sorry. Sorry, no, you go on. I'll, I'll I'll say my piece at the end. Okay, I'll just quickly say um, they they basically by turning orcs into loot, they've turned them into something far less individual and distinct. And I've lost count of the amount of push crimps that I faced in the game. It's like don't don't repeat the really memorable ones. Come on. Yeah. Is that my turn to talk? Or <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry, oh, I didn't. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, I was. I mean, I, I can. Hang on, I will give you uh, an introduction, sir. <laughs> Listeners, <laughs> Sir Caffin of Dunn. <coughs> it's a pity. Oh, if you don't mind because... what you do, Gab. What? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Come back, Gavin. Gavin, Gavin, we love you. Please come back. (laughs) Okay, Gavin, what um, you were going to say? No, it's just a pity with this whole system because I still would recommend people play the game because the the, like first 15 hours or so I got out of it were pretty good. And Mm -hmm. the combat system, for the most part, when you're fighting smaller groups, it's a lot of fun. It's really well, and the powers are cool. Um, but it just, for me, it, when it gets really chaotic, when there's like 40 of them on screen at once chasing you around yeah. a, a base and you're on your last bit of health and you're trying to drain someone and you can't, and then you try and jump up a wall and you're, you're, because they're on the same button, you roll instead of climbing up the wall. Oh God, that you, so many times. The janky ass fucking climbing makes you get stuck at the top of the wall and you're trying to climb up, but he's going to the side. <laughs> I had a lot of moments like that where I was just like, fuck this game. <laughs> I've had a couple. I think I actually did at one point, yeah, say, fuck this game, <laughs> quite literally. Um, I was going to say something else following on from that. Um, I, I, think, I, think, I, think, I, think, I think my main thing to just throw in quickly is like, if you're going to try and play it, I really recommend leaving it to a point where you've got time to just sort of take it a little bit here and there rather than trying to push through it before another big, big yeah. release. Like, I think trying to push through it's going to make some of those flaws more apparent yeah to me it's kind of a game that you kind of i don't necessarily want to finish it but it's nice thing to have there or something i can dive in and out of for a quick bit of brutal like murder yeah yeah eat your fill basically like it's an eat your fill game you don't need to beat it Mm. just play until you're satisfied it's the kind of way i feel about say warriors games sometimes i just want to drop into one kill some stuff and jump back out Mm -hmm. and not worry Mm -hmm. about pushing through to the end the the nazgul fight was very cool i like that it's got some really cool the the story moments like the story itself is a bit meh like, it often feels like it's just functioning as a commercial for the just keep doing the nemesis stuff. Yeah. Um, I like the but, guy, though. What's his name? The big Australian uh, orc. Bruce. Bruce, that's it, yeah. Bruce the older guy. Um, yeah, him and, and another character that I won't, you know, talk about much, um, mm. because, you know, because spoilers and whatnot, but I was very happy to see a certain character. Uh, that was delightful. Um, but, yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, it's a game. It's a game that very much like the Evil Within two, although for slightly different reasons. I'm glad I ditched the the reviews business uh, because I can now afford those cool down times and not worrying about pushing through to beating something. I can yeah. play to my fill and then say, "Look, I've had, I've had about what I can from this. Here's you know what I think now and, and etc." Um, but yeah, I'm feeling that grind. I. 
I don't, unlike Shadow of Mortal, which I just devoured over over a weekend, mm. um, I, I'm finding it difficult to, like, I, I will play it to the point of just no longer being able to stand the sight of it. Mm. And that's never a great way to end a game session when you're playing it until you're like, yeah, oh. and you, you're you're so exhausted. And like today, I was completely exhausted as I got to um, the second fortress that I had to capture, and I was like, in my head, it was like, you've got three more of these after this. To do. <laughs> yeah, all I'm on my over third. again, starting from like capturing all the captains and all of yeah. the frustration that goes with running around and again, the level and getting stuck on walls. Again, that's the insidious nature of the loot box shit because yeah. you go to a new place and you're like, God, I just spent all this time building this stuff up. Um, and I've certainly, I've taken advantage of the free stuff. You know, I've, I've mm. used the, the Mithril, the Mural, the Mirren, that's it. Yeah. I've the used in, the Mirren to buy those. Like, the in-game Yeah, the in-game currency, currency <laughs> the bullshit currency to buy the bullshit boxes just to get some orcs at my level mm. uh, or around my level just to seed a new fortress area with, like when I go to a new map, just to have this early quick seed, which defeats the point of the game. Mm. But... I then use again, them to stop, I feel so like, new commanders spawning in when yeah. I kill one. Well, there that that as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, I forgot what I was. I was going to conclude that with something. Um, but the, the overall point was that everything is still a sort of railroad to the the loot box stuff. I feel mm-hmm. and and again, like I bring up the the critics who were like, "Well, it's not in your face." <coughs> uh, no, it isn't. It's just. It's no. breadcrumbing and it's railroading and it's just nudging you there all the time. And it's like it, you, it, you could go through this clusterfuck fight with 40 orcs or you could spend a tenner. Yeah. And then the, the developers just present it as only giving you options when it's like, mm, you didn't give me an option to uh, not have to go through this tedious shit without paying you money. So, mm. yeah. Now that's that's where I'm at with that. It's it's a game that is starting what is happening a lot in these AAA games. It's the devaluing of gameplay itself, which is what I saw in the mobile market to the point where most mobile games now play themselves and you just buy the loot. Your job is there mm-hmm. to purchase. Um, some like when I talked about this on Twitter, I did get some replies. People were like showing me quotes from like a streamer who who finished the game and didn't buy any loot boxes and didn't feel it was grindy i'm like okay that's totally fair but all yeah. i can all i can say is my experience and how i yeah how exactly. i felt about it just just because we have a problem with it doesn't mean that the, whoever it, that streamer is didn't have it yeah, you know yeah problem with it with the it, pacing of the yeah. game just because it I goes either that. way around like people can only talk about their own experience that's it. I don't like, know. I like just... Someone else could take what we said here and show it to that streamer and say, you're wrong, it is grindy. Exactly, and it's like, well, yeah. no, it's like he's not it's wrong. Different people you know, have different things that they experience different ways. Yeah. But you know what? I really, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to Wolfenstein because, God, I just want a, a, a linear short game. <laughs> you like, know what? I've, every I've game resolved. that, that like... Games these days feel like undertaking a fucking monumental task because they're all so huge. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we 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 just got Visceral laid off for daring to uh, try and give us another experience uh. like Wolfenstein, but we'll get to that. Um, but I resolved to do something with Wolfenstein because it is a, a game that is you know that lets the developers do what they want to do mm. because it doesn't have shoehorn bullshit into it because it doesn't have all the microtransactions and stuff in it i'm springing for the the expensive special edition of that one because mm. i said in a gymquisition like i'd be fine with this tiered pricing thing because games are so expensive to make and games never raise their price above 60 i'm like okay i'll take that deal then and buy the game at a higher rate so i will get the i think it's like 80 bucks or whatever for the the deluxe wolfenstein that game i feel is doing it by the book okay i will i will pay the extra for that that's I mean, it, it doesn't really mean anything to the industry as a whole because they'll still rake in tons on the fucking microtransactions. But <laughs> but that's my personal sort of deal 
with companies. Mm. That's my deal with the industry and any <laughs> developer slash publisher is willing to take it. Take that deal if they want it from the extra 20 bucks off one guy. <laughs> you know. Uh, so other than that, I've not touched the evil within two yet, but I take it both of you have been playing it this week. Oh God, I'm always touching the evil yeah. within. Oh, how in my bum hole. <laughs> I'm always touching the evil within too. Oh, oh. Are, you all, are, you, are you also sticking your finger up Jim's bum hole? <laughs> so, Who yeah, how is these days? How is the evil within too? Jan- um, janky. Janky, is that your? F- is, is that it? That's my review, <laughs> janky. Um, Gavin, if you want to lead off with with any more thoughts, or if you want to lead, did you just it's, want to leave it at janky? Or? No, it's you know what, like the first game, it's beautifully atmospheric. It's got wonderful environments. Um, I don't really care about the story, but the main thing that's in my head is janky, janky, jank. <laughs> there is some jank. It is better than the first, like yeah. immediately better than the first. Yeah. And I think having a lot more open space helps. Um, rather than sort of, you know, more, more tight enclosures where that jankiness really came to life. Because I feel like sometimes this game's at its worst when it does enclose you. Um, yeah, I was, but- I was tempted to put it on casual because I remember some really frustrating boss fights in the oh, first God, one. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, like I've said that I feel I was too generous on the first one. Like, looking back, I'm like, there was some abhorrent shit in that. When, when I have to Google how to beat a boss... I get pissed off. <laughs> and it's rarely, like, that's the only t- game I can think I had to Google how to beat a boss in the last few years. Yeah, there was some fucking obfuscated shite in that. Um, at least what I've played so far with this one, things are a lot more intuitive and immediate, and letting you have a more sort of traditional control scheme helps a lot. Uh, but yeah, like, it kind of forces you into some combat segments sometimes, and the character really is not built for combat. No. Um, the stealth stuff is fun to do, except for the fact that the AI is so uh, skittish do you, do that you, you find... just never know when they'll turn around and spot you. You see, um, that is something I really don't find the stealth fun, and the reason is because he's so slow. He is so, oh my god, I've never seen a game character walk so slowly. And when you crouch into stealth, he goes even slower. It's crazy. Uh, That's why I uh, upgraded the stealth to make him move faster when he's crouching. Like, it's silly that I have to do it to get it to an acceptable level. You shouldn't have to do that. No. No, I mean it's the same with the stamina bar. Like it's it it's what I thought with Breath of the Wild as well. It's like I'm I'm spending upgrades to get a stamina bar that I really feel should be the starting stamina bar. Yeah. Um there there's a lot of that going on. Like I really I feel like they under equip you at the beginning and then you're kind of spending precious resources getting up to what should be a fair level to survive. Um, there are, the, but, but like I said, the this is a game that makes me glad I'm not a reviewer anymore. Because as like what happened uh, the day before yesterday, I can get to a point at the Evil Within Two that makes me want to throw my controller and have my anger management issues flare up, um, and and not write a review and publish it on the spot as a result. Well, no, <laughs> less that, less that, and more. I don't have to keep playing and pushing myself through it under duress. I now have the freedom to take a day, take two days. There are plenty of other games to be getting on with and come back to it when I feel like I'm over it. Like come back to it when I'm done with the fact that I worked all the way to that fucking safe house, tried to save that fucker there three times. (laughs) Then he died. Then I got to the safe house and it was locked. Locked! That's how you do me, the evil within two locked. That's when I turned it off and thought, you know what? I'm coming back to this in a day or two. I'll, you know, dominate a few more orcs and play Ocean Horn <laughs> a little bit and calm down and then get back to it. So that's, so why, that's where that, I'm at with it. Yeah, that's why the jank in this game in particular, like some of my favorite games are janky as fuck, like Fallout mm-hmm. games, but... Those games are very, very easy, (laughs) you know, and and the jank usually doesn't get you killed. 
Whereas mm-hmm. in this game, it can get quite frustrating. Oh yeah, yeah. There's been moments where it's like, like I'm like, how did you miss that axe swing? Like, like why can't you just turn around like a normal human being? Um, there, there is a lot of that, but it is. I still feel like it's a good game. It, mm. It's effectively scary. The open world. This is one of those rare times. Like it's not a a true open world it's kind of almost zelda-ish with its sort of emphasis on dungeony areas with a sort of hub um but the the more open nature of it is surprisingly effective it's one of the few times where opening a game up has i felt been to the benefit of an otherwise linear story because those fuckers are everywhere and they are creepy and make weird noises and 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 it, it is a fucking spooky atmosphere, and, and, it, and it's when cool it works, sca- it really it's works. cool scavenging the houses and stuff. It's almost like a mm-hmm. a very much smaller version of Daisy or something. Yeah, and there there are moments that remind me of Silent Hill Downpour, where where there were similar things like that. Like you could go into a random house, and then a an, a a totally unexpected little side quest with its own weird little sub story will trigger Mm. and there's some of that in this where it's like oh i'll go in this building uh to loot some stuff and oh shit there's like its own little story thing is happening in here that i'm now now i'm trapped in here and some fucked up shit's going on and Um, and the horror element is 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 well done i'll give it that as well i mean it's not often I wince at violence, but there was a scene towards the beginning of this where a woman is slamming a guy's face into a, a plate repeatedly, and I actually winced from the violence of that scene. <laughs> yeah, there's some genuinely sort of horrifying imagery in there, which uh, I've not seen for a while in a you know a, a quote unquote AAA game. Mm. Um, this this one is yeah. Yeah, and, and car- way better than the first. Good schlocky horror as well. And wonderful character designs, like, like beautifully grotesque. Oh yeah, like like um, Alex took one look at the cum monster and was like, "Oh my fucking god, that is a cum monster." <laughs> I was like, "Hey, come look at the cum, come look at the cum monster. It's a monster made of cum." And and we were both like, "Yeah, that's cum." Um, but yeah, yeah, some like even though it was kind of silly looking and people have been like ha ha come monster it's horrible face droopy drippy face with its weird little clicky noises it was still scary it was kind of like a jacob's ladder thing where it's it was like the silliness of it almost enhanced how scary it was because it just made it more bizarre because it was it was both goofy and yet still threatening Mm. which is often what i find like the the scariest kind of horror. Mm. Yep. Ooh. Uh, I'm probably not going to like worry about giving this game a go right now, because like the first game I found interesting ideas with a lot of very glaring th- flaws, and to hear that like this... Mm, I-, I-, I don't know whether I'm going to jump on a sequel to this right yeah. now, but it's it's one of those... like. I enjoyed the first enough that I would like to at some point play the second, but uh, I'll brace for it. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I, I would have been in the same boat, but I was, uh, I don't know, I was just really excited to, because I really wanted the first Evil Within to be fantastic and was kind of heartbroken uh, yeah. by just how infuriating it was. And I just, I had this feeling that this one would be better uh, just from what I'd seen. And admittedly, I hadn't seen much. I just had a feeling that that they they knew what where they went wrong and was excited to see if I my you know my gut reaction was right and I was half right you know they, it's yeah. clear that they know where the faults are but they've not done the best job think, of fixing them up yeah and I think there's always people do make an argument that like um, weird controls kind of add to a horror experience but I think Resident Evil was it seven that came out yeah it was seven this year yeah. showed us you can do the horror well, you can do the survival well, while still having the game do what you want it to do when you press buttons. 
Yeah. Was you Dead know. Space did the same, R.I.P. Visceral. Like, yeah, they had exactly, a fantastic yeah. third-person shooting. Like, you know, it was a, as much a third-person shooter as a horror game, but it didn't detract from the horror. And there was yeah. some genuinely horrific moments De- in it. Dead Space on Hard was one of the best horror experiences I've ever had because you just would get through every fight just by the skin of your teeth. You know, and 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 the yeah. fact that you could aim properly didn't take away from that for me. <laughs> no, no, it didn't make it any more tough and challenging and intimidating, which is what you want from a, a horror game. You know, you want monsters that will intimidate the shit out of you. Yeah. And I will say that the Evil Within Two has that down. Um, just again talking about the designs and shit, like the the freakishness of some of them. Like mm-hmm. there are some I haven't even tried to fight yet, despite having seen several of them because I want no part of them. I just, I don't want to be near them. <laughs> They're just so yeah. creepy. Um, so it's good. It's, it's got some really good horror chops. There's, to there's it. quite a Lovecraftian vibe to some of them. Some of it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, just sort of very sort of eldritch and not quite, uh, uh, natural. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's it's been a good game that I'm very thankful I can take long breaks from to mm. calm down from the times when it's not so good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is that a good place for us to move on to some of the newsy bits of the week? Because we've got, yeah, we got yeah. some weird can, newsy bits this week. If I can just briefly, and I won't need to, to say much oh, yeah, about go it, ahead. I would just mention I played WWE 2K18. Oh, yes, I forgot very, we had this. I was very excited to uh, <laughs> play it because first wrestling game I've played since I, I loved wrestling back when I first loved wrestling and now I'm, I'm a wrestling, you know, at least WWE fan again. Um, and, and so I was like, okay, 2K18, let's do it. I loved the SmackDown games on PS1 over 15 years ago. <laughs> oh my God, what's going on? This is a QTE fest. Why did they try and turn a sports entertainment product into a realistic fighting simulator? This is horrible. What's going on with Sasha Banks's hair physics? What the fuck is going on with Alexa Bliss's face? They got Bray Wyatt's entrance wrong. I've never uninstalled a game so fast. I still have a lot of digital homicides games on my computer, but I uninstalled <laughs> WWE 2K18 within the hour. No, I was like, no, this is not for me. There are no tutorials. No, not really. They tell you how to do something after you've accidentally done it. So there are things I still don't know how to do because I wouldn't have known how to do it until I accidentally did it. And then the game stops and a pop-up comes up and says, here's how you do the thing that you just did. Mm. Fucking hate. I, I, I hated it and I thought it was hateful. This was the WWE game. I was finally like, you know, maybe I'll try jumping back into that. And everything you've said about it has made me go, nope, that does not sound like what I want from a wrestling game. So thank you for saving me trying that. Yeah. Well, I'm not alone. Like a lot of reply because I I got so pissed off. Like my, my piss was so boiled. I ranted. Um, was it yesterday morning? I ranted my head off on Twitter and the immediate replies that I did catch were like, oh yeah, yeah, the 2K ones, like the 2K18, 17, all those ones, they've been shit like that for a while. Uh, a lot of people have been turned off by that stuff, but they don't want to make the fun arcadey stuff, so yeah. Um, I, I, people keep saying try Fire Pro Wrestling. Uh, on PC, and it's been on my to-do list for ages. Apparently there's a Jim Sterling in it already, and I'm imagining some people are going to make Stardust, uh, which, <laughs> well, which will be exciting. Um, Thank you, everyone, for really I, liking that, by the way. Sorry, I just completely f- um, forgot about something I wanted to mention because it's funny. Oh, yeah, oh, go ahead. This was back in the shadow of, of war discussion. Sorry, <laughs> now this just completely <laughs> popped back into my head. Um, so... Uh, Gray was sharing on Twitter, my buddy Gray, his favorite uh, moment in Shadow of Mordor, which he reminded me of, was when I got killed and he was mocking the shit out of me, then went on the vendetta mission to to avenge me and got completely wrecked by the same orc. (laughs) (laughs) That is good. Games that bring friends together. Uh, I used to love you and Gray giving each other shit over the first evil within. Oh yeah. 
Oh, he he's really likes the new one, by the way. He thinks it's fantastic. Yeah. And I'm like... Well, he's always been well. weird. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad I mean, the that game he's is enjoying good. a game that he's enjoying, you know. Yeah. Like I said, The Evil Within 2 is good. It's just, as I say, moments have me realising that I need to not play it for a bit. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, so, news we had this yes. week. Uh, should we start with Visceral? Visceral are getting shut down. Yeah. I've... Uh... Uh, I mean, I'll lead off with I called it. Yeah, um, I, you, you, I did. You did. Uh, two years ago, I said that. Well, I laid out. You can look it up. It's an episode called Unicronic Arts, and I feel it's mm. as relevant, certainly as relevant now as it was then, two years ago. Um, and I did detail exactly why I thought Visceral was on the chopping block. It was going to be EA's next victim. Because EA is a serial killer of game studios. Mm. Um I laid it out, said, you know, if Visceral's not around in the next few years, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. It sucks to be right. The only good thing I've ever been right about was the bug princess in Hyrule Warriors. Most of my other predictions come true, and they're all the shitty, bad, horrible future ones. And I hate it. I hate being right. It's really, like, it... It was obviously going to happen because it's just a case of EA doesn't want to make anything anymore that's not an eSport or that cannot be sold as like an online connected experience. Games as service. Exactly. And basically Visceral being put on, here's the big single player, you know, focused Star Wars thing. Oh no, we've just realised we don't want to do a single player focused Star Wars. Yeah. Because oh, we, we could can't do... make that connected online. Well, it was basically, we could copy Destiny, but do Star Wars. That'll sell gangbusters. That's how fucking EA operates. They they see Activision have a hit with something, and then instantly try and turn one of their own IP into that. Uh, it's it's depressing, because I was, I was excite- so excited for an Amy Hennig Star Wars game. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Amy Hennig generally writes really good single-player narrative. Well, yeah. we can't have we can't have the things we want anymore, ever. Mm. The no, AAA no, game industry no. is a fucking wreck. Why do people um, sign? I don't know. I just it seems like you're going to well, end um, up in the bin. Visceral was a special case because they were EA Redwood Shores, so they they were EA, okay. and then they got turned into Visceral and given all this pomp and circumstance, and were allowed to make the first Dead Space and the second Dead Space, and they proved themselves as a fucking Awesome developer. Uh, the creator of my favourite IP that was introduced last generation. Like, that is how much I love Dead Space. And then, you know, EA had to be EA, and and we are where we are. So that sucks. Um, but it just... It, it infuriates me that Visceral was put in charge of a project and did what Visceral does best and was shit-canned for it. For daring to do what visceral does they were basically they they were thrown in the trash for being who they were yeah. for being the reason they were desirable in the first place and and that's the state of the you know the the mainstream game industry now and it it, it is honestly just it's not going to get better trust um, me on that one it's getting worse from here and their game probably would have been great and very possibly better than whatever open world or multiplayer loot box sure. game it's going to now turn into and you know what it would have sold well and i argue that you know if they didn't fucking it would i mean even on like there is no like i mean i know battlefront is coming with a campaign now but there's no star wars adventure ga- i'm actually really surprised how few star Wars games there are yeah like, considering I, how I, huge the franchise is. I feel like a big part of them acquiring the right, uh, the EA acquiring the rights to do all the Star Wars games, I was sure we were going to get a single-player Star Wars game because it seemed like a recipe to print some money. Mm. But they, they don't want to... That's the thing, they don't want to just have a turn at the printing press mm. when it comes to money. They, they want to be at the, the printing money. press 24-7. Yeah. They don't well, want some look, of the money, they want all of the money. When you exactly. look at Battlefront, I mean, it's... It's literally a pay-to-win game now. Yeah. Like, they scaled some of that back because of the internet backdraft, uh, but they showed that they've tipped their hand. We we know now exactly what their intentions are. Mm. No matter how much they try and, like, use their PR to scale back and walk back what the beta showed us, 
it's very clear what the priority is with yeah. Battlefront 2, and it isn't making a really good Star Wars game. It's making a very addictive Star Wars game that is going yeah. to manipulate you and browbeat oh. you and fuck with your head and exploit you. So, and that is what games are in, do, do in we, the mainstream. Do we want to talk about the other way that games are going to start fucking with people maybe in the future? Because this is a uh, really shitty, is extremely shitty thing. insidious. <laughs> yeah, um, so... Activision apparently want to start using matchmaking as a way to get you to buy loot boxes and the simplified version of what they want to do is deliberately pair you with people who are just a bit above your skill level, just far enough above your skill level that you'll be like, oh, if only I bought a loot box, I could have beaten them. And th- that's thought, going to be a monetization. Oh, I thought it was that they, they paired you with that? people who had certain DLCs. Oh, Basically, yeah, sorry here's what that. The, oh, yeah. The algorithm, because um, I went through the thing. Like it's, it's I, yeah, I skimmed it over this. So correct me if I've done any of this this wrong re- skimming yeah. the gibberish. I mean, I don't, I don't blame you because, like I say, most of it's written in gibberish, and I had help because. Jesus Christ, the amount of emails I got mm. over the <laughs> night. And I'm still I... getting them, even though I've put a video up already. I'm like, God, if you care about what I think to say that much, go check the YouTube channel first. What I, um, what I heard was it, it, it pairs new players with more experienced players who own the, the, the loot box guns so that when the yeah. well, new players see the kill cams, that. they're like, oh, I have to get that gun. How do I it's get that gun? It's worse than that. Right, it, it's worse than what Laura said, and then it's even worse than what Gab said. <laughs> here's here's the full scope of it. It's not just that they will pair you with a player who has, um, you know, the like microtransaction-based weaponry and gear. They will first of all pair a new player with a seasoned player, so that the skill levels are unbalanced, so that regardless of you know, what loot they have, they're going to beat the newcomer. Hmm. The other thing they do is that they want to... Well, it's not that they do. The other thing that this patent uh, wants to do... Because, uh, you know, we've got to sort of be honest and upfront about this. It's a patent. That never necessarily means something's happening or will happen. Hmm. You know, disclaimer, disclaimer. Um, but the other thing it does is it's going to look at players and player data and work out the kind of items you want and then pair you with the more seasoned veteran players who have the items you're most likely to buy. That's how deep it goes. That's how much they, that's how much someone who came up with this idea, some shit bag, some human bag of feces sat there and came up with something that psychological. And I tell you what, Monday is coming it gets even worse than this. And it's not even Activision doing it, but things are bad. And, I disagree. And, and I think Monday this is, is just tremendous business. Tremendous business. <laughs> um, but My- yeah, not, not to hype up the Jimquisition too much, but Monday will talk more about some psychological manipulation that's going on. And it is, it's worse than I thought it was. Just to put it lightly, just to well, just to give you a an idea of the scale of it. Me, as pessimistic as I am about the industry, some of it was like, God, e- even I want a sick bag. So, <laughs> fun. Um, Michael Condry, who is directing the new Call of Duty game, um, tweeted, "I've never heard of this patent, and that means it is not in COD War World War Two. Period." But I don't know. They also the f- said they weren't going to be putting weapons in DLC, and then that happens, so, you know. Well, that's Again, the thing, yeah, publishers just, can't yeah. be trusted. Just because someone in EA has patented something doesn't mean they've yet put down a mandate that every game has to have it, but the Activision. fact that there is a patent... Uh, yeah, Activision, sorry. But the fact that there is a patent now within the company suggests, like, yeah, it may not be in that game that you're working on, whoever said that statement, but... Look out for it in future this, games being put down as a mandate, possibly. Here's how this I look shit at is going to get worse and worse until there oh, are yeah. laws made. Oh, yeah, well, I've said that. Like, it, it's going to take one major fuck-up. That's why I've not been talking too much about the the petitions that people are trying to, like, make happen. Um, 
like like when people wanted to get the ESRB to say it was gambling, of course they weren't going to say it's gambling. Technically, it isn't. There's probably going to be like need to be some new sort of regulation for this stuff, and it's going to take a major fuck up. It's going to take one of these companies to get too greedy, reach too far, and really fuck something up big time. And I think it'll happen. I don't know when. But I think these... what, whenever it happens, we are rapidly approaching it. We are just accelerating at that particular wall very quickly. Yeah, it's just like something eventually is going to have to give uh, because I, I, I no longer buy it that this is stuff that's required for the, the game industry's survival. That's horse shit. I think it might be required for the survival of certain corporations who don't belong in this industry anymore, who mm. really ought to just go into the fucking pachinko industry like Konami and make their money that way if that's how they want it to know? be. If they don't want to make games anymore, if they just want to make machines that take your money, do what Konami did, get the fuck out of the video game industry. You don't fucking belong here. Do you know what's really sad about this as well? Is that the company that showed everyone how to do this was Valve. Like, yeah. they're the yeah. company that we all thought was like the savior <laughs> of video games and how naive, well, they, oh, 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 sweet summer children. I mean, the thing is, is they, a lot of it goes on the mobile market as well, which the decline of that is like the fall of Rome. Um, a lot of it goes on mobile stuff as well. I, I don't want to just say, oh, it's Valve's fault. Um, you know, they also, it was part of a free-to-play economy, uh, if I recall correctly. Um, they they didn't have them in paid games at the same time. Uh, I could be wrong about that. Um, they certainly brought it into sort of the, the quote-unquote AAA light. Um, but then again, some of the, the blame can go on Overwatch's shoulders because... Yeah. You know, no matter what people say about it's just cosmetic, the popularity of that, like oh. they popularized it so much that there were more games with loot boxes released um, in the year since Overwatch's um, launch than there was since the launch of, like, you know, when they came to Team Fortress 2 or whatever it was. I, I honestly think that, personally for me, Overwatch is the most egregious example of loot boxes, and a lot of people disagree with me on this, but I think the thing that, like, no other game really seems to do that Overwatch really gets me with is that their loot bo uh, the, the cosmetic stuff in their loot boxes is very, very limited-timed, and that if you don't luckily get it out of a loot box before whatever deadline cut off you will never get that item really and yeah Jeez, like you know they're like their halloween events and they're like summer games events and whatnot where they do oh, they're like yeah. oh here's here's the halloween costume if you don't luck out and get it from a loot box during halloween you don't get that halloween costume for that character you want and it's, again, it, it's it manipulation. Really, yeah, it really yeah. rubs me up the wrong way. And I don't, like, as a matter of principle, I've never touched the loot boxes on Overwatch because mm -hmm. I know me that it would really, really get in my head because I get obsessive about these things. And if I could just buy one now and then and maybe over time I'll luck into the outfit I want, that's, you know, that's one thing. Yeah. But I know that yeah. I would find myself like, oh, it's an hour before the, that costume mm -hmm. stops being unlockable. I'm going to dump a bunch of money to try and get it out of loot boxes, and that would be a bad thing for me. Like, I'm I the same way. Uh, yeah, I, I don't I, like time-locking stuff that's randomly activated and costs real money. It is part of why I, I take it so personally and, and find it so insulting is because, you know, I have an addictive personality myself, and, and these things burrow in my head like a little tick. Mm. And, mm. and so it takes a lot of self-control to not, buy one because the moment i did i would just buy lots yeah, the, and yeah. and i hate i hate feeling like i'm at war with the stuff i'm supposed to yeah. be kicking back and chilling with I, you know? I i think there's definitely like i don't know if i'll ever be able to write it but i think there needs to be at some point written something about the types of people that loot box like whether we're going to call them gambling or not the kind of ways that loot boxes are used to get people to obsessively spend money prey on a very specific set of people yeah. who are very often targeted 
maliciously by companies wanting yeah. to make money out of people. And not only that, but insultingly referred to as whales, or yes. if they spend slightly less, dolphins, because they're not human beings to these companies, they're aquatic mammals. And, yeah. I, and I don't like, I don't know, can't remember if we mentioned this last week, but I can't, I can't abide by the defence of when it's, oh, but it's all stuff you can get in the game by grinding. I'm like, I'm sorry, time is a finite resource well, as well as money. In, in like, arguably a more precious one. Here's, here's the thing, right? Looking at Overwatch as an example, if costumes in Overwatch were never time-locked, then that would maybe be true. You could say, yeah. yes, I could just play enough Overwatch and keep opening free loot boxes and one day I'll get whatever that costume is that I, I'm looking for. But because it's time-locked, you physically cannot play enough Overwatch during the time that that costume is available to do enough random pulls to guarantee you'll get that costume, so you're going to have to spend money if you want it. Yeah, And I'll say that compared to a lot of the loot boxes we've seen now, um, in hindsight, as with many you know horrible, shitty, sleazy things that have happened in the game industry, the more audacious the industry becomes the less bad the stuff that already happened looks. And so the Overwatch loot boxes that I was, you know, especially railed against back in the day uh, don't seem so bad now in comparison to some of the nastier stuff we're seeing. Uh, but at the same time, you know, Overwatch showed them how it was done. And, yeah. and I, the, the other publishers, like I said, like I fucking said, like the Cassandra of video games, <laughs> as I've said many times about many other things whether I've been ignored about and it's turned out to be fucking right. Steam needs quality control. I remember the rebuttal articles people wrote against that. Uh, like with that, you give a publisher an inch and as I've said many times before, they take everything. Yeah. Like, I, th I think my only thing is just like, as, as someone with addictive personality stuff, don't I, I'll remind people I know that right now people are talking about modern games and their implementations of loot boxes don't overlook how manipulative and hideous to people who have addictive uh, personalities the way that Overwatch does their loot boxes is like don't overlook Overwatch's loot boxes as benign like they really yeah. are they well, are like really shittily handled I, I said from the start the, that I thought that the quote-unquote reward system in Overwatch was in, like just compellingly unrewarding. And to see where it's gone now to the, the wasteland we're looking at, uh, I'm just glad that, that there are other methods of, of games to be made than mm. the, the big publishers. And I'm really crossing my fingers for more Hellblades. And if ex-visceral developers have any Dead Space ideas they want to put in a spiritual successor, if they want to put that up on a crowdfunding site, I've got money in reserve. Mm. Uh, other than that, I think there's one more thing on the topic list I don't know if we want to talk about. Um, Humble, the site that do those bundles of indie games but also publish their own games got bought by IGN this week, which is a thing that feels important to, like, not <laughs> overlook. It's weird. Um, yeah. I said that. Like, I, I got I got, I got probably the mo more laid-back feelings on it than other people, just because I don't give a shit about IGN. Um, uh, but, but I do agree it's weird and a potential conflict I, of interest. I, I feel like there are some... Like, a lot of people talked about this story when it came up because, oh, games review website purchases game publishing website. Theoretically, there's a conflict of interest. What I've not seen talked about a lot is that there are already two examples of IGN coming up against that conflict of interest, and I think it's important we start talking about those lines now as they're first being pushed up against. Because I think yeah. there's some very interesting things happening. So the first first one, IGN a couple of days ago put up a review of A Hat in Time, which is an indie game that was recently published by Humble. Humble, uh, yep. So they gave it a score. They reviewed it with an in-house reviewer. Their explanation and their justification was that they'd already been working on the review prior to the acquisition going through. Therefore, they were going to go ahead with that review. 
they disclosed that they they disclosed that they owned the publisher, but they <laughs> they did so in a very hand waving way. They were like, yeah, technic technically we are the publisher. They were trying to mm. downplay their role, which is like, no, you need to no, no you own the game no, that you're you, reviewing. You own the game. You need to like you know not downplay that. Um, and they stated that in future they're going to continue reviewing games that get published on Humble, but they're going to use freelancers to do those reviews, which I think is an mm. interesting solution. I don't know if I would say it's a good one, because the obvious yeah. drawback is if you get a freelancer to review the next Hat in Time 2 or whatever, and, you know, they're a freelancer, they don't work for IGN that review will still be edited by an editor at IGN. So, yes. like, yes. it doesn't completely take away that, you know, that room for conflict of interest to occur. This is another one of those, you know, having your cake and fucking it too situations. Yeah. Because, honestly, the moment you start owning the games that you're reviewing, you need to stop doing the yeah. reviewing. Like, like I, Jesus I, Christ, I don't. I, when I was a reviewer, I didn't review games I just voice acted in. Yeah, Sometimes like, for free, like, when I had nothing to gain. Yeah, like, looking at this Hat in Time review, for example, like, honestly, I look at it, my personal opinion is... Was that review really going to bring in so much traffic that it was worth not just having a blanket st a stance against reviewing Humble games? Because Humble generally just publish relatively small indie games. Your IGN, I'm sure you can take the traffic hit by not reviewing however many indie games Humble publishes yeah. in a year. Oh, but, would that, you know, would that be discourage... a big thread about it. IGN's got to be there. But oh. would, that, would that then discourage indie developers from putting their games on Humble because small games well, need reviews to get the word that's, out? That's an obvious problem, and it's something that you have to balance up if you're a criticism site that purchases a publisher, you know? Uh, the other thing that I think was interesting about this that I've not seen people discussing is very quickly after Humble was purchased by IGN, uh, shortly after, they sent out an email about a, uh, a bundle that included a bunch of Skyrim, or it was a bunch of Bethesda content that involved Skyrim or something. Oh, and, yeah, because they do that kind hmm, of stuff too. Yeah. yeah. So they put this email... Skyrim and, now and, like, runs on the Humble bundle uh, yeah, code. Yeah. Yeah, so it's something like that. It's like, hey, here's... Uh, here's, you, can now, here's... you can now log into IGN and play Skyrim in the ad, ad pop-up browser. Uh, so, like, this is just, like, a little insidious thing. They're like, oh, yeah, here's all these Skyrim and whatever that's in this bundle. Here's some review quotes about the games. And they don't mention, here's some reviews from the site that owns us IGN. They were just, here's some reviews about the games in this bundle. And it's all IGN quotes, and I'm like, oh, God. like that example. Then you're not even trying. That example, at that, point. Well, that example itself isn't inherently bad. Those reviews were done prior to the humble acquisition, no, and yeah. as such, those reviews weren't in any way affected by the acquisition. But it does set a precedent for we're going to use IGN's positive words about a game to sell more copies of that game. And that's another thing to just be like, this example isn't a problem, but if they do that in future, that could be a real issue. Yeah. Here's the thing about credibility. It's 50% actually being a credible human being mm. and 50% everyone else seeing you as a credible human being. If you don't have one you might not have the other. Yeah. You know? I, um, I think this uh, is... Well, if it, it, yeah. it's not even an even split because you can be an incredibly corrupt fucker and ha still have everyone think you're very credible, as we've seen, insert news person here who will piss people off, whoever it is. I know, let's just go with Hannity today. Um, you know, like, if the appearance of impropriety is just as important as actually being honest. Yeah. If not more so, because if no one buys the fact you're honest, like, you're fucked. Yeah. And with this, there's no appear... They could be as honest as they want. They could get freelancers. They could leave their opinions untouched, put the thing up totally honest, but it would still look 
dodgy. Doesn't matter yeah. how ethical yeah. they because were. If there's it one thing, dodgy. if there's one thing, video game fans love, it's conflicts of interest in reviews. Yeah, Histo- oh, they, historically, yeah, they they're big that. fans of that. The 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 thing is, like, they can now never undo the fact that they just reviewed a game and put a score on a review for a game that they own. Like, that is a thing that happened and they can't undo that now. That's part of the legacy. That that goes in there. The big news for me was that apparently IGN stood for the Imagine Games Network. I didn't know. Uh, It doesn't anymore. Apparently it did like a decade ago. It was Imagine Games Network and then Imagine sold IGN. So now IGN (laughs) doesn't stand for Imagine Games Network. It just stands for IGN now. Just I oh okay yeah sorry um, to disappoint ah <laughs> uh, yeah mm. so that's that that was just a thing like I I know that story has been going around a bit but like I felt it was important to bring up the things that have happened in the aftermath I've not seen people talk about indie game nobblers that's what it could stand for now I suppose it could if they wanted it to, which I suspect they won't. Yeah. Or like indie game, something else that begins with N that I was struggling to come up with on the spot, so take your time with it. I didn't have the time. You'll come up with something better. Yeah. Uh, So is there anything else we want to talk about this week, or is that a good place for us to wrap up? Uh, I'm pretty good, I think. I'm, I'm, I think we're good. You good, Gav? Yeah, I'm good. All right. Okay. Well, I'm glad we could all agree on that. That's uh, that's splendid. It's it's nice to see the world getting along. Laura, how can people find out about your stuff that you do on the internet when you're not talking to me this week? Me and my stuff. You can find me everywhere at Laura K Buzz. Laura K Buzz on Twitter. Laura K Buzz on YouTube. If there's a service, I'm probably Laura K Buzz on it. Other than that, you can find me Monday to Friday, nine to five at Kotaku.co.uk. Uh, I put up a review the day of recording. A review went up for Hyrule, Wa- uh, not Hyrule Warriors, uh, Fire Emblem Warriors. My Fire Emblem Warriors review went up, so go give that a look. Uh, next week, I will have some coverage up on Mario Odyssey, which I cannot say anything about it yet, but I will have coverage next week, so I look forward to that. Oh, I wonder if it will be positive. Like, that's the thing about a Mario game. It's like... That, you know, Everyone they're so hit and miss in quality. Yeah. <laughs> I, I put, couldn't possibly uh, comment, but I will say that generally Mario games turn out pretty good. That's always been my, uh, yeah, yeah, it's always been my read on it. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Like, I've been playing the Switch a ton. Um, hopefully, if I can get a spare week where the game industry isn't rubbing its dick on everything, uh, I can finally do a Jimquisition I want to do on how the Switch really has turned around and and just shown that it's, you know, killing it. Um, but Gav, music maestro, how can people find out your great, great stuff? You can uh, hear my songs and see my music videos on YouTube, Miracle of Sound. You can get angry at my stupid jokes about Donald Trump on Twitter, Miracle of Sound. And you can support me on Patreon. Uh, Again, Miracle of Sound. Miracle of Sound. It's just that easy. So, there we are. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for your continued support. as I say, especially with the Jimquisition of late, like the the recent support of it's been amazing. The, the things are being shared a lot more. Recent episodes have just been f- fantastic. And the response to Stirdust was very, very pleasing to mine eyes. Even if myself in spandex might not have been pleasing to your eyes. I don't give a fuck. It felt fantastic. And we'll see you all next week. Bye! 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 Sounded like the cast of Rainbow when we all signed off. Then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, George. Oh, they've sent me my room. Sorry. <laughs>